This episode of Intelligent Medicine is brought to you by Future Farm Botanicals Liquid Wild Oil of Oregano with Rosemary Extract and Natural Honey Flavor. Future Farm's Wild Oil of Oregano supports a variety of healthy benefits, including antimicrobial effects, as well as supporting the immune system. Plus, Future Farm is the first ever to formulate Wild Oil of Oregano with Rosemary. Rosemary aids circulation, helps alleviate muscle pain, improves memory, and also gives your immune system a boost. The natural honey flavor enhances the taste while still giving you all of the benefits. For more information and to order, call 888-841-7216, 888-841-7216, or go to myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. That's future, P-H-A-R-M, myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. Wild oil of oregano is all natural, science-based, and works without adverse side effects. MyFutureFarm.com slash Hoffman. Welcome back to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman. It's a pleasure to be here, and uh, it's uh, definitely preferable to the alternative, <laughs> not being here. <laughs> Uh, but we thank you for uh, listening. And uh, let's continue with questions uh, on today's Q&A with Layla. Yeah, this comes from Darlene. Why are doctors using guilt, especially with seniors, into taking the vaccine by telling them that if they don't take it, they'll be putting other people at risk? This is not the case. Why are devious means being used to persuade people using guilt, shame, and fear to take the vaccine rather than determining if the vaccine is in the best interest of the person taking it? What a thoughtful question. Well, Darling. it's a very interesting question because, uh, you know, there's two uh, prime rationales for taking the question. Number one, it's uh, to protect you. Uh, taking the vaccine. Taking yes. the vaccine is to, is to reduce the chance that you'll get sick or die from COVID. But there's another, there's a altruistic element to it, which is, that if we all dutifully line up and take the vaccine, uh, we can eradicate uh, COVID. You know, much as I mean, we frankly have eradicated certain diseases. Polio uh, has been eradicated uh, yeah. in the developed world. Uh, so too smallpox. I mean, there have been vaccine successes. And that's really uh, the theory behind a lot of vaccine campaigns is that uh, if enough people take the vaccine, we'll have herd immunity. And uh, the, the virus will just disappear. Uh, however, um, there's some um, there's some problems with that, because uh, one of the uh, criticisms that have been leveled at the vaccine is that while the vaccine has been shown to be effective, you know, like 90 percent effective or like. 94 percent 94 and 95 percent effective hold yeah. my beer 95.5 percent you know well uh <laughs> one thing that it's not been shown to do is prevent the virus from being transmitted now ideally yeah. that would be the case is that a vaccine that prevents you from getting something uh should prevent you from transmitting it but what they're saying is that you can still get it but you'll have a very mild case. Your immune system will handle it. But that does not mean necessarily that you can't transmit it. So, right. Um, so the purpose of the vaccine is that should you get COVID, hopefully it won't be as severe as without the vaccine. Right. That we, that we can that yeah. we can say that there's some pretty good evidence that it will attenuate the severity of the infection. Um, the problem too is that uh, 
we're beginning to see the possibility that uh, this is not the end game. I mean, the, the, when the vaccine was introduced, yeah. it was like, hey, this is great. The stock market went up is like the end of uh, COVID. You know, we can see the light at the end of the tunnel. But what they're saying now is that um, it is likely COVID will be around for a while. It may be around in different mm-hmm. forms. So just like the flu, we're going to have to chase the variants of the virus with new updated vaccines uh, and that um, the the virus may uh to some extent, elude the vaccination campaign and require um, updated vaccines. Uh, Moderna, for example, is already preparing uh, a new vaccine. Uh, it's on the drawing mm-hmm. boards. It's not being produced, actually, but it's it could be uh, ramped up into production very quickly if it turns out that the new South African variant, which is slightly different and may not be as... Um, uh, susceptible to the vaccine uh, pans out uh, because the spike protein, which is the target, uh, has mutated. And they believe that, you know, at the very least, you're going to get some protection from the, from the current vaccines. But, you know, if there's successive mutations, um, the vac- the virus may elude the uh, current current vaccination program. So they'll have to go to um, you know, just like with the flu, new iterations of the vaccine. So um, yes. now, I you know what I'm saying is partial agreement with what this woman is saying is that um, there is a little bit of a sleight of hand here. They're moving the goalposts. They're saying take the vaccine to eradicate COVID. Well, now they're saying take the vaccine, um, and it might help, but don't get mm-hmm. too exuberant yet because this does not necessarily mean the end of COVID. Um, right. We you, still have to wear masks and maintain our social distancing. Yeah. You, you came up with an interesting example of the uh, fear mongering yes, uh, that was harnessed to the marketing of another vaccine. Exactly. And it, and it was for the pertussis vaccine, the whooping cough right. vaccine. Right. And it was targeted to grandparents. Right. So, you know, what's interesting. Guilting them into taking it. I think we, we all had that vaccine. But, you know, what they say is that if yes. you're older, your immunity may have waned. So what they do is they show right. it was like a cartoon of a wolf, the big bad wolf, you know, and the, the grandparent was turning into the big bad wolf. And so yeah. you, literally you had families torn apart because uh, the kids would say, uh, you know, pops or mom, uh, don't come visiting us until you've had the vaccine because we've saw the commercial and you might uh, inadvertently be a carrier of whooping cough. And um, so, uh, I mean, I, I, I'd never give a thought to, should I get another, uh, has my immunity waned to whooping cough? It's not a disease that normally adults get. Um, yeah. You know, why should I get it? Whoa. Okay. Now it turns out there's this kind of obscure rationale for uh, inoculating uh, seniors uh, for uh, a condition that seniors almost never get. You know. Yes. Yes. Right. And so then talking about COVID, that kids would hardly get or even feel. So. Uh, yeah, yeah. Right. So no, this I, is a very interesting question. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I you know I have to say that I you know I'm torn because this is a very very serious public health problem, and it's it it 
it there's a certain uh, predictableness, but a certain randomness to how severe your case is. And, uh, you know, recently there was a sports figure. I don't really know him because I don't really follow uh, the NBA that carefully, but he was an NBA uh, commentator, 48-year-old African-American mm-hmm. guy who died of COVID, 48 years old. I mean, whoa. Yes. Um, so, you know, there are that's unusual, but there are these outlier situations where sometimes people who seem ostensibly healthy uh, might, I mean, I don't know what his health condition, maybe he had diabetes, maybe he had uh, severe hypertension, uh, pretty common among African Americans. But, um, you know, uh, this suggests that it's not entirely a merit system, no matter how much zinc and vitamin D and elderberry you take, you know, you may not be invulnerable. Um, yes. So, uh, but on the other hand, you know, these are new vaccines. Uh I think they were they're sort of oversold and overpromised. Um, the the other problem is just you know getting the vaccines out to the people. I mean, uh, I know so many older people uh, who really deserve the vaccine if they're indeed at high risk, and they can't get them. You know, they they're having to yes. wait. You know, there's there's not enough availability. There's not enough proper distribution. Right, right. There's the dilemma. Oh, wow. Well, okay, Darlene, thank you for that question. All right. Um, do you think this is a good time to take a break for one of our sponsors? What a good, good cue. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for that. Uh, at this point, let's pause and allow one of our sponsors an opportunity to share this vital message with you. Are you looking to give your immune system a boost? This is Dr. Ronald Hoppen with a natural solution from Future Farm Botanicals, liquid wild oil of oregano with rosemary extract and natural honey flavor. Future Farm's wild oil of oregano supports a variety of health benefits, including antimicrobial effects, as well as supporting the immune system. Plus, Future Farm is the first ever to formulate wild oil of oregano with rosemary. Rosemary aids circulation, helps alleviate muscle pain, improves memory, and also gives your immune system a boost. The natural honey flavor enhances the taste while still giving you all of the benefits. Future Farm sources this product from the Mediterranean and produces it in the United States. For more information and to order, call 888-841-7216, 888-841-7216, or go to myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. That's future, P-H-A-R-M, myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. Wild oil of oregano is all natural, science-based, and works without adverse side effects. MyFutureFarm.com slash Hoffman. Thanks for listening and thanks for supporting our sponsors. They're what make Intelligent Medicine a continuing free resource to you. Plus, uh, many of their uh, advertisements are uh, very, very informative. So, um, thanks for listening. All right. Uh, What's our next question? We've got from Cindy... Uh, Cindy says, I have a friend who was suffering from long haulers after recovering from COVID-19 several months ago. Yeah, that's another problem. That's a, yeah. say, say you survive, you don't die. But, you know, I was reading that a fairly high percentage of people have long-term loss of taste and smell. That's no mm-hmm. fun. Even that's kind of dangerous because if there's like a gas leak in your house or, you know, maybe you lose your appetite for food because, you know, everything tastes like cardboard. Yes. Or or you can't smell when a food has gone bad. Or or when a food has gone bad. Yes. Yes. 
I mean, That's how often do you know? I keep leftovers, and sometimes I'll give them like you know, I'll have like uh, you know some uh, some some uh, natural roast beef or something like that. You know, that I get you know from the deli, um, mm-hmm. and you know, I can't eat it all in one fell swoop. And uh, you know, I give it a sniff. <laughs> yeah, my yes, nose is pretty sensitive. Sometimes I go, oh, you know, this has been like here for a week. Days, but then you kind of forget. Yeah. You kind of forget when you bought it. How long has this been here? Yeah. Yeah. You want to rely on your sense of smell and and sight and yeah. to see. But the, the long hauler syndrome is different. You know, people just have like a what, what seems like chronic fatigue syndrome. Yeah. Cindy says, her strange symptoms vary from day to day. No matter how many doctors she sees, there are no clear-cut answers, and her future is very uncertain. Okay. At 38 and with two oh. children to raise, oh. she's become very depressed. Oh. Cindy's question is, do you think focusing on gut health is worth pursuing? Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah. The, it, it, it's even to the extent where they can predict how severe COVID will be based on a very sophisticated analysis of your gut composition. Yes. They can actually uh, say mm-hmm. that certain characteristics of intestinal flora make it more likely that you'll have a bad outcome. Now, yeah. I, that that's more about, you know, whether you're going to be on a ventilator or die. I don't know if they can predict long hauler syndrome. And maybe there are certain genetic characteristics of people who have certain uh, variations in their immune response that make them more likely to have like, well, look, can we see this a lot? We see um, chronic Epstein-Barr, you know, people who develop mono and then they never recover. Yeah. Uh, we see this with Lyme. We see the, you know, the Lyme long haulers a lot, you know, people with so-called chronic Lyme. And uh, this may result from some kind of inappropriate chronic immune activation that uh, the body fails to turn off. Um, so, you know, is it related to the gut? Is it related to the mitochondria? Is it related to inflammation? Is it related to immune dysregulation? Um, you know, the answer is E, all of the above. It could be all of the, I mean, it could be that it's related to a specific nutritional deficiency. It could be that the people who have inadequate levels of certain key vitamins may be more susceptible to this. Uh, and, and that's, you know, so there's no um, panacea-like treatment for long hauler syndrome, uh, but yeah. we're beginning to see some patients who have that, and we've been advising them, and to some extent, we're achieving breakthroughs for them, um, mm-hmm. you know, with by thinking out of the box, you know, because conventionally, what are they going to do? Uh, put you on steroids? You know, <laughs> it's like they right. don't have a, a real, I mean, they have, if you get hit by a truck, they've got a lot more uh, hard science, evidence-based medicine to apply to you than if you uh, have something subtle like long hauler syndrome. That's just kind of not on the radar screen of conventional medicine. Yeah. Yeah. So cleaning up the gut is always a good idea because good health begins in the gut. It's absolutely true. Hmm. Cleaning up the gut, looking for nutrient deficiencies it could be that Cindy's friend, uh, after suffering from COVID, she could have wound up with uh, suppressed immune response, changes in her in her micro in her microbiota. Yes. Uh, it could be uh, nutritional deficiencies. It could be a myriad of things. Mm-hmm. So that 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 merits a much closer look, a complete 
um, assessment yeah. of what else may be going on. Mm-hmm. And, you know, yeah, take steroids. If you take steroids long enough, you may get diabetes. Who wants that? Exactly. No, I mean, I'm not, I'm just saying, I'm just another. throwing that out there because, I mean, uh, for example, uh, you know, when, when Trump was sick, they gave him a bunch of medications. Yeah. And afterwards, he said, you know, I feel like Superman. And I was thinking, well, one of the reasons, pretty obvious reason that you feel like Superman is because they gave you a lot of dexamethasone, you know, which, ah. you know, like that expression, like, I feel like I'm on steroids. You know? Yeah, right? <laughs> that's it. They even, they even yeah. wanted to impeach or they actually wanted to apply the 25th Amendment because they thought he was like, uh, you know, have suffering from steroid psychosis, you know, <laughs> during that oh, time. My. You know, but it's an artificial, <laughs> it's, it's an artificial high and it can only last so long, you know? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Oh, we've got an interesting question from Kevin. Hi, Dr. Hoffman. I'm considering traveling to Quito, Ecuador in March. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful there. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to get your input to inform my By the way, a very hard hit COVID uh, country, Ecuador. Yeah. Yeah. I'd like to get your info to inform my assessment of the risks I'd be taking in making the decision to take this trip and how I might attenuate them. Okay. Now, if I've already had COVID, um, first, if I've already had COVID, is it likely, is that likely to provide a measure of protection against new strains that are getting a lot of attention? Right. This is a $64,000 question. Before we get to the the next part, um, excuse me for interrupting. Um, The, so a couple of factors. One is there may be waning immunity and we don't know how long natural immunity lasts. Uh, It may last a lifetime. It may last for a few months and it may depend on the individual. Some people have a strong immune system and some people have a weak immune response. So um, the answer is we don't know. And then he brings up the possibility that like, okay, maybe there's a new variant of COVID. Well, the neutralizing antibodies that uh, were developed in relationship to the previous iteration of COVID may not confer complete protection against some new variants that are coming down the pike. Uh, again, that's a work in progress. We don't know. Yeah. Go ahead. Kevin writes, in addition, do you believe that getting the vaccine before traveling would likely be advantageous for me, both in terms of protection from COVID and its new celebrity strains, and in terms of potential further restrictions on travelers that might be levied by the U.S. government right. or the Ecuadorian government. Well, the, okay, so so the latter is, you know, will it be possible to travel without a vaccine? And, you know, that remains to be seen. But I predict that it's going to be harder to do international travel and to enter foreign countries without a so-called vaccine certificate. Uh, so yeah. that's just a question of, you know, what's going to develop. And I, I just predict that that's actually going to compel a lot of people to get the vaccine. People who sure. ordinarily wouldn't opt for the vaccine are going to say, well, you know, I, I have the choice to spend the rest of my life, you know, um, uh, you know, within the confines of the U.S. borders, and I can't step outside the country. Uh, I'm going to take that right. vaccine. So, but the other question that he had was, should he take the vaccine after already having COVID? And that's really uh, yes. a terra incognita, because we don't know um, 
A, if there are going to be adverse effects, because this has not really been tested out very much. Wait, wait, Dr. Hoffman, I got a card in the mail. That just, you know, yeah. public service announcements for every, you know, questions yeah. about COVID, FAQs about COVID. Yes. Well, if I've already had COVID, should I get the vaccine? And they say yes. That's the official policy. But that's the official right. But that, I think, is a very sort of um, uh, cavalier uh recommendation because uh, a we don't know that it's necessary because it might be superfluous there might not be any additional benefit and there is the possibility of an immune uh hyper sensitization uh, which has occurred with other vaccines uh we've seen that with dengue uh it has not really been um reported very much but it's early in our experience with COVID. There's not that many people who've had a vaccine after having had COVID. So I I think enough people are getting the vaccine based on this recommendation now by the CDC who've already had COVID. And we, I'd like to see for the next couple of months how they're going to do. Uh, I want to yeah. make sure that they're not getting what's called an ADE, which is a, uh, an exacerbation that may happen because they've already had COVID. And on top of that, they're getting the vaccine. Now, it, it may be perfectly fine. I hope it is. Uh, but right now, they're just saying indiscriminately, like, you know, whether or not you've had COVID. And by the way, there's a fairly significant percentage of the population who, unbeknownst to them, have COVID and they haven't ever tested. Yes. And so right. they, they say everybody, it's, it's universal vaccination, regardless of whether you've had it or not. Um, everybody should get it. Uh, right. You know, I think that that's not very nuanced. And, uh, you know, it, will there be benefits to that? Um, maybe, maybe not. I mean, it, and it, it just might be a belt and suspenders. You know, you've already had COVID, so why, why take it? I mean, maybe yes. you'll get some advantage, maybe not. Okay. Kevin, we hope that gives you something to think about, some food for thought. Yeah. For that question. To be determined. To be determined, we have another Cindy here with a question about bergamot supplements for cholesterol. Mm -hmm. Cindy says, I had statin side effects from Lipitor and then from Pravastatin. I've been using citrus bergamot for about three weeks. My mild and occasional restless leg syndrome has gotten terrible and then developed muscle twitches in my legs. I stopped the bergamot three or four days ago and my legs are feeling somewhat better. Is this a normal side effect of the bergamot supplements? Uh, it, it's, I find it's, this strange. I, I find there's a little coincidence going on here, Dr. Hoffman. Go ahead. Because the first thing I would point to is magnesium deficiency. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because, I mean, it's not like she was fine before the bergamot. Yeah. Right? No. No, she, exactly. And, right, Exactly. So, so I don't know. I'd like to know you know, what else is she well, taking besides the bergamot? Yeah. So let me let me explain. Uh, the you know statins definitely cause muscle aches in a small percent. I mean, a significant percentage of people. I would say they say it's very yeah. rare. It was like one point. Some guy said it was like one in two thousand. Well, it's certainly not one in two thousand because we have we have probably dozens of patients in our practice or, you know, which is a practice of a few hundred or perhaps a few thousand people uh, who've had it, who've had statin mm -hmm. side effects. And uh, yes. it's not imagined, it's real. 
uh, although it tends to be dismissed as imaginary. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, so statins cause that. So too does red yeast rice. Now, why does red yeast rice cause the same side effects as statins? Is because it actually contains a statin. Red yeast rice yes. is a source of uh, lovastatin. It was actually the yeah. the the plant that the medicine was modeled after. Um, yeah, people mistakenly are taking red yeast rice thinking, oh, good, I'm not taking the statin, I'm taking this instead. It, it's a mild you statin. You were taking the statin. And, but, you know, bergamot um, has a cholesterol-lowering effect, and I didn't think that it followed the same pathway, but apparently it it does. It's a bit of an HMGA coa, HMG-CoA reductase inhibitor. Um, and so... That's interesting. Um, it um, no more over T, folks. <laughs> well, you know, I, I would say in the most sensitive patients that might happen. Uh, the majority of patients who have the statin side effect they do fine on red yeast rice, but a small percentage uh, can't even tolerate red yeast rice, and a probably even smaller percentage can't tolerate bergamot. But I'm not going to okay. discount it. I'm not going to say it's all in your head. But I, you know, I right. agree with you that there's something else going on here besides a drug side effect. That this person is very prone to restless leg syndrome. The other uh, nutritional factor with restless leg syndrome, uh, more so in younger women, but uh, can occur in older women, is iron deficiency. Right? Iron deficiency. Yep. Maybe folate deficiency. Yes. But in preg- in pregnant women, it's uh, restless right. legs is often associated with B vitamin deficiency. So. Yeah. 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 So I, you know, um, is it the bergamot? And by the way, let's talk about what bergamot's good for. Besides cholesterol lowering. Yeah, I mean the it's nice, that beautiful essence in Earl Grey tea. Right, <laughs> but it not only is it cholesterol lowering, but it has a bit of an anti-inflammatory effect, and that's um, the so it may have a, a a nice effect on on the vascular lining. Uh, to mm. prevent inflammation that results in uh, uh, atherosclerosis and calcium deposition. So I, it, I think it's a really nice agent, and it can be used in conjunction with statins. Um, it'll yes. amplify the cholesterol-lowering effects of statins. It's kind of like hamburger helper for statins. Um, mm. So, uh, you know, if, you, if, you, if you're not getting uh, to goal in terms of your cholesterol lowering with a statin you can team it with bergamot and we we see really nice uh, cholesterol lowering yes we do okay uh cindy it's worth it for you to get a workup to investigate why you've got the the restless leg syndrome and then the muscle twitches muscle twitches are almost a hallmark of magnesium deficiency you know those twitches that just won't stop and here's the other thing uh I would, I would also, in evaluating a patient like this, I would just go to the question, is it really important to lower cholesterol? Is this person being appropriately uh, prescribed a, a statin? And yeah. uh, yesterday was kind of an interesting day because we kind of split the card on that because we had a couple of patients where uh, we kind of uh, exonerated them from having to take a statin. They'd been told they need to take a statin. We demonstrated that they actually had very little plaque, and there wasn't much advantage to taking a standard. On the other hand, we found the op- the opposite in a patient today, uh, where we found that um, she was reluctant to take a statin, and she actually had 
pretty substantial cardiovascular risk. She'd been a smoker for a long time. And we said, you know, maybe in an abundance of caution, you should take a statin for some additional prevention. Um, but, you know, we're teaming it with all kinds of other natural protective agents. Um, and um, also, um, you know, the, um, uh, the, you know, the, the question is, um, well, you know, should you take a statin in the first place? Yes. Yes. Okay. All right, Cindy, thank you for that question. We hope you feel better. You need to get checked out for what's causing your twitches and restless legs. I think it has more to do with the bergamot. But again, we're guessing here on, on podcasts a little bit. Yeah. So With the information, yeah. the kind of limited right. information at our disposal. All right. Well, Leah, that's all the time we have for questions today. But wow. we invite that was you. A, that was a good one. Yeah, we weren't really fast. That was fast. Yeah. Um, time flies when you're having fun. Uh, yep. When we return next week, uh, we anticipate more of your questions. Radio program at AOL.com, the destination for questions. Keep them coming because um, your questions are literally what uh, energizes and fuels this Q&A with Layla podcast. Thanks very much for joining us. Stay safe out there. Stay safe, everyone. Stay warm. Thanks, Dr. Hoffman. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman, and this is the Intelligent Medicine Podcast. This is Layla Mutin, RD. I see patients regularly, along with Dr. Hoffman. If you require a nutrition consult with me but live out of town, there's no need to travel to New York City. I have telephone consultations with clients from all over the country. Please visit drhoffman.com for more information. And to set up an appointment, call 212-779-1744. That's 212-779-1744. I look forward to being a collaborator in your health care.